Welcome back to the Bricks. It's season two, Justin. We've taken yes. a little bit of a off season, almost two month layoff for several various personal reasons. And we are back and we are ready to talk college basketball today. We are seven days away from Selection Sunday as we record six days from when you'll be hearing this. We're getting there. We're getting really close. Yesterday, Saturday was a really big day for a lot of bubble teams. Teams like Louisville, who did not secure their spot to the NCAA tournament, in most people's opinion, could have done it yesterday. Teams like, dare I say, Duke, who are it's still in some people's picture. We'll get there in a minute. Didn't take an opportunity, got absolutely thumped by North Carolina. That was a great thing to see, personally. But all that to say, Justin, it is championship week officially now. We can talk about the Power Five conferences playing tournaments, for the first time in two years, albeit 20 minutes in a couple leagues last year. So, hey, the Irish, the Irish played a tournament game last year. All right. They, that's right. ACC got a full night in before. Um, but before everything struck last year, uh, a few days from now, a, a year ago, we're back. COVID's still here. Amazing to talk about. Amazing to think about where did we, I don't even know where to even begin with thinking about COVID and, and the college basketball tournament where we were a year ago and where we are today. Still limited attendance, still all these COVID protocols. Uh, the tournament of champions in Indiana is happening here in a couple of weeks. But let's start with the conference tourneys. Let's get right into the ACC, Justin. What, what do we have to think about with the ACC here? How many teams can realistically win this tournament? And honestly, how many teams need to win a game in this tournament to have a chance to play in Indiana? Well, let's just start with the ACC tournament's not what it has been for, you know, what we've known it to be for the past 10, 15 years, which is just a bloodbath of teams buying for a one, two, three seed um, in the NCAA tournament. It's not that. Um, Virginia's pretty much locked up, you know. I would say that, you know, Virginia, Florida State, any of those teams would have a chance of winning this thing, but Florida State laid an absolute egg against the Irish and got bludgeoned. Really, I mean, it is a 10-point game, but, I mean, the Irish were up 20 up points in that game. Um, a Notre Dame team that hadn't won games that they needed to win down the stretch, so that's an interesting one. Um, you know, North Carolina has been playing better, but is it good enough to win the ACC tournament? I don't know. Virginia Tech, there's talk about them not even being able to play um, due to COVID issues, so that'll be interesting. Georgia Tech, I don't, I don't know what they do, what they're good at. I can't figure them out. Um, to know well enough if they're good enough to win this thing. I mean, they would have to play Virginia in the semifinals, which isn't a good isn't a good road. Um, but the crazy thing is I think any of those teams that got a single bye could win it too. So, like, you know, if a Louisville gets hot and, and gets rolling and Carlick Jones goes on a roll, which he hasn't been lately, I know, but if he does that, then they could win it. You know, like I said, North Carolina has a chance to win it. Clemson, I mean, who the heck knows about them? I think the I think the team that we have to expect to win it is the number one overall seed in this tournament, and that's Virginia because they're they're constant is playing, you know, playing defense and and Tony Bennett, and so that's two pretty good constants to have in in March this time of year. But the ACC tournament is going to be crazy. Um, it could go all chalk, or it could be you know it could start the madness a week early. But I think Virginia's got to win the tournament just because they're the only constant really in the conference in my opinion yeah i mean like you said until yesterday i would have told you florida state was going to win the tournament and i would have told you i thought florida state's probably an elite eight team um i don't know what happened to florida state yesterday to be honest with you 
Irish didn't have a whole lot to play with, play for, excuse me, to be completely honest. I mean, last home game of the season, they have students chanting fire Mike Bray, which is a whole other conversation. If, if they're obviously not knowledgeable basketball fans for, for chanting that, but beside that's beside the point, all that to say Florida state's a really good basketball team. They didn't look like it yesterday, but they're one of those teams because they are so deep in the way that they are built and they have been built for five, six, seven years now. If you get, if they get, to the second game of the weekend, you are in trouble because they are deep. They have dudes who have not played more than 15, 17 minutes and they're fresh. It's just, Ask if Chris you catch Mac them, about that. that's right. If you catch them on the second game of the weekend, you are in trouble. And so they're one of those teams that I personally believe is either out right away or is making it to the second or third weekend just because of the way that their, their depth plays in. Now, Justin, if I told you that Virginia is currently only the 41st most efficient defense in the country. Like they didn't look like it yesterday against Louisville. I'll say that, but Virginia is not, not Virginia by their own standards the last couple of years. And yet they still won the ACC regular season. And yet they still are the number one seed. And Tony Bennett's still over there working the officials. So Virginia is still Virginia. Cavs are still going to Cavs. So I, I I'm with you. I think, I think Virginia's toughest game personally would be at Syracuse. They don't usually fare decently against that zone. So if they get them in that, that one eight game, um, how boring is Syracuse to watch? I think I've watched them two times this year and about fell asleep. Both times watched them when you've got buddy Bayheim as your best player, that tells you what you need to know about your basketball team. But I mean, the, I mean, Virginia Syracuse in a tournament setting may be an over under of 75. First one of 30 wins it. 15 12 at half but i think if virginia tech's there they're a team that if they shoot the ball well uh, has a chance right now they're still dealing with COVID issues it sounds like they may be out of the tournament in which case i think a team like louisville has a much better path um if they don't have to play florida state in their second game but i think let's zoom in real quick on a couple teams i think that have to win a game here um clemson i just think for confidence sake they've been all over the place since their covid pause i think they need to win a game here i think losing a game to a pit or a miami would do very bad things to both their psychology and their seeding in the tournament they're in but I, th- I think they need they need a win there i think carolina needs to continue to win and again a, a loss to a notre dame or a wake forest kind of team is not going to help them moving forward i think they are in the field right now but you win one or two there and you can secure it but i think I think it'll come back to my Louisville Cardinals here. They got to win. It's really that simple. After last week when they beat Duke in overtime, felt pretty good about them being in the field. But then the Virginia Tech game got canceled on Wednesday because of COVID issues. And honestly, had they won that game, they're in the field. No issue. But because that game's taken away, and that's been the story of Louisville season with two COVID pauses, you have less chances. You have less opportunities to get quad one and quad two wins. Louisville's only quad one win right now is Duke. And if they beat Duke, which is looking like they're going to have to do on Wednesday, Duke will no longer be a quad one win. So you do the math there. So Louisville will essentially knock Duke off of the own their own quad one win. It's it's really hard to keep straight. But all that to say, Louisville's got to win here. I think they got to win at least one. Personally, I'd love to see Virginia Tech not show up because that means Louisville avoids Florida State and the reset of the bracket. Uh, but I think you're looking at you know Louisville, North Carolina teams that absolutely have to win. Duke's at a point where I think they got to win the whole thing to even be a part of the conversation. Obviously, you could win the automatic bid. I think, personally, they have to win the whole thing. I don't think three or four wins is even going to do it for them. I think they have to run run five days in a row. But I think you're right. I think, I think it all goes through Virginia. And, of course, it's always – Louisville always plays Virginia on either their senior night or our senior night. 
and we always get them going. We always get them back in the direction they need to be going, playing defense, playing, running some ISO plays on offense. Sam Hauser went off for about 75 yesterday. So they're back. They're ready to go. So I, I think I'm confident saying Virginia wins the ACC tournament. Let's talk Big East, Justin. I don't even know where to begin. The Big East is back to being Big East in some ways where the it's, middle of the pack is beating each other up. But you're you're more the Big East guy, so go right ahead. The Big East is not very good this year. I'm just going to be honest. Um, it's caused some some entertaining games. It's caused some, you know, crazy storylines to happen. I mean, your best team right now with um, Gillespie being hurt for Villanova now. Villanova lost again yesterday. Gillespie tore his MCL. I believe that was on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and they're terrible at guard anyways. And so losing him, losing their best guard makes them not very good. Um, I know they're the one seed in this tournament. Um, but it's going to be a rough sled for them without him. Um, I do. I think Villanova is at a point where they're going. They're in the tournament. Um, there's no doubt about that. Their their resume is good enough. They're in the tournament. They need to win a game here in the Big East tournament to get rolling the right way. If you lose first round here and then you're rolling playing on that Thursday, I'd see them playing at a noon on Thursday or something like that, and put them on upset alert if they don't get a win here in the Big East tournament. But the other crazy thing too is like a team like Creighton should be a team that's that, that could go win this tournament, but now McDermott's under all this stuff with what he's his his ridiculous and utterly just dumb comments that he made after the loss to Xavier last Saturday. He's on um, suspension for who knows how long, and so Creighton wins yesterday. Um, their best player, I cannot pronounce his name, don't yell at me, um, comes out and says, you know, that's our guy. Um, he's he's had my back since the day I got here. That's fine. But still, in today's world, in any world, you can't say comments like that. And so it'll be interesting to see how long he's out. Um, you know, Xavier has played themselves out of the NCAA tournament. Um, Travis Steele's chair is um, melted. It's gone. I think he's gone. Um, they need to beat Butler. If they don't beat Butler, he might be fired on spot. Um, but they need to beat Butler, and then they get Creighton, who they just beat, and Creighton's going to have some sour grapes about that one. So uh, my pick here is I think Creighton is the best team to go win this tournament. With all the other stuff going on, who knows? UConn's a little surprising out of the Big East this year. They've been a, they've been a surprise. They've been on the uptick. Um, watch – Watch Wojo's team there with the Marquette-Georgetown uh, matchup day one, and then watch him go get Villanova day two. That's all I'm going to say. Watch that um, as your upset alert during the Big East tournament. I personally think Creighton is winning this tournament. Speaking of Wojo, how long is his leash? I was just thinking <laughs> that last night watching that Xavier game. How long is this man going to have? I mean, how many tournament appearances are we talking about right now? Two? I think two, that, I, I don't think, even know if yeah. he's – yeah, I mean – at some point, he's got to be gone there as well. And I think that Travis Steele conversation is really interesting because personally, right now, Cincinnati looks real bad across the way. I mean, he's beaten them twice in a row. But John Brandon's building there, and they're very, very young. They're a couple years away for sure of being in the NCAA tournament before you can even talk about doing anything else. But I don't know where Travis Steele is in two years with the Xavier program. So that's a really good well, question. I don't know where you go next either, honestly. They're playing – they're playing. I'll, I'll just I'll just intercede with this real quick. They're getting a whole bunch of grad grad transfers, which Mac did in his last year with Cantor, 
um, who was really good on that team. It's what that team needed. But Steele seems to think that all they need is grad transfers and doesn't play any recruits. And so you're never going to build a program just playing grad transfers at a program where you're used to winning and you're normally used to building Xavier guys, Xavier men. And so it's just interesting what's going to happen with that program. But that's I we'll have a Xavier say, conversation say, a different day. Yeah, just to wrap that up, Travis Steele, one thing I can guarantee you that he's not good at is wearing a mask. That's all I have figured out sure. this basketball season. I am, I'm on Seton Hall. Seton Hall is a team that is underachieved. I mean, they're sitting at 13 and 12. They don't have any business being being 13 and 12, in my opinion. Talk about a, a sleeping giant as far as the coaching staff there. Um, former Patino disciples all over the place, one at Seton Hall as well. I don't know. I think they're a team that's underachieved. They're a team that I think has to play themselves back in the tournament at this point, or at least solidify a seed line. Like you said, the Big East has looked less and less formidable as a conference. And so you're a team who's four or five. You really got to prove yourself there. I know in, to some people they needed to beat St. John's yesterday. They did not. Well, they get him again this week. So that's the first round game for them. They do that and they put together, put together a win over a Villanova or a Marquette. They might just sneak into the tournament and not have to worry about playing in that play-in game. So I'd look for a team like that. But I'm with you. I was all over Villanova two weeks ago. I don't know what to think about him right now. Jay Wright, I'm going to take any day of the week, though. So if any team gets it figured out and wins by two every single day and does what they need to do, it's Villanova. Creighton, I'm with you. Don't even know how to address that situation at this point in time. They've got the dudes. We'll see. I think that one, I think that might be the most up in the air tournament we'll talk about. Let's talk for two minutes about the Pac 12 so we don't get any flack for it, Justin. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I have not watched a lot of Pac 12 basketball this year. The Pac-12 is down, and I'm going to say this. As long as Arizona is on probation, and I believe they received three level one violations the other day officially, the the Pac-12 is irrelevant because Arizona makes the Pac-12 relevant. It just is what it is. Colorado is currently ranked, which, I, I again, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to go Oregon because Oregon seems to usually play well in the postseason. I like their head coach. They usually have some some shooters. That's where I want to be. Don't really have anything other than that. It's the conference of champions, Nick, from from our man Bill Walton. But I have watched one game, I think, and it was UCLA getting beat by somebody and Mick Cronin looking like the thing out of Inside Out, the red, the red character off that one. Don't even know that dude's name. But, you know, I'm with you. Colorado's the only ranked team. I'm going to go with Colorado. That's who's going to win this, this conference tournament. I have no idea. Bill Walton, friend of the show. Okay, so let's move on to the SEC. Um, I'll tell you what, Justin. I went on to the SEC website to try to find the most current projection of the bracket, or at least what the bracket would, would be like with the seeds. And uh, it was really funny because they had the, the bracket of last year, but with the team's records of this year. And I'll tell you, did it bless my soul to see 9-15 and 15 Kentucky as the one seed in that bracket, the way that it was still – looking on their website that was fantastic um but i'll get right to the point here when's the last time arkansas has been in the top 15 when's the last time alabama has been flirting with a two a two seed let alone a three or a four i mean the sec's upside down florida's all over the place tennessee has absolutely the wheels have come completely off of tennessee tennessee was a top 10 team shutting teams down defensively all of a sudden they can't guard anybody and I'll say it. Kentucky is, you know, not being normal Kentucky, obviously. But how bad does the SEC have to be in conference play that Kentucky 
Kentucky is currently is projected. The there's, a, seed. there's a one more game. They're currently the eight seed. How how is this possible? They're eight and nine in conference play, which in a normal year for them, and in in a COVID year, is still horrendous by sta- by any standards by Kentucky standards. But they're only the eight. I, it's so hard for me to comprehend that there are that Mississippi State, Georgia, Auburn, South Carolina, A and M, and Vanderbilt that are all worse than this Kentucky team in conference. Man, it makes you really think. I I will say it as a Louisville fan. I saw a tweet yesterday. It was from a man I believe who maybe was indulging in some things during during the game yesterday. But he said Louisville's going to miss the tournament. Kentucky's going to win the SEC tournament, <laughs> and Kentucky's Kentucky's in. Louisville's out. Um, and I won't go doomsday that far. I think Louisville needs to do some work. Obviously, we just talked about that. But do you see any world in which Kentucky barrels through the SEC tournament and somehow makes the makes the NCAA tournament as a 12-win team. You know, looking at our projections here for the SEC tournament, I kind of I kind of do um, a little bit. So they get Mississippi State. Kentucky's playing better. <clears throat> I think they're going to get Mississippi State. And then they play Alabama, who lives and dies by the three-point line. I mean, literally, they live and die by it. Um, and you get in this time of year where you get one shot – um, and you start missing a whole bunch of threes and Kentucky gets belief, there's a chance there that they could win that game. I'm telling you, Nick, you don't want to hear it. But it's Kentucky, it's Cal. Um, but there, it, it's just crazy things that happen in March for the, for this program. So I, Alabama starts missing a whole bunch of threes. Alabama's like, ah, whatever, we're in the tournament um, for the first time and, you know, whatever. And and they don't they don't they get down to Kentucky and Kentucky just keeps rolling and then they go get either Florida or Tennessee who are like the vortex at Kings Island and then I tell you what you're in some interesting territory there I mean seriously I there is a chance do I think they're going to do it no um, but there's a chance that that's all you need it's like Dumb and Dumber you're telling me there's I, a chance I th- I mean why not right why. Of all things that happen in 2020, 2021 season, why not? I, you know, and it's like you said, it's hilarious to me because Cal has been criticized consistently for not caring about the SEC tournament. He simply doesn't care. Usually he's a top two or three seed and he's like, whatever, I don't give me whoever. He, in his opinion, he gets screwed over every year in the seating, which is a whole nother argument. He, every, he, year. every year he finds a team in his region that, oh, obviously they were going to stick us with them because they're the worst matchup for us. Does it every year. But how funny is it now? And that's really where, where I think you got to look at it. Does he care? Is he at a point where he's like, shoot us, we're done. Like, let's be done with it. Let's go home. Let's get a new batch next year. Or is he like, you know what, guys? We just got to play four good games. Just got to put together four games, one game at a time. I think they might do it. And it's just like that inkling of like, I don't know. They might just do it. I think it's going to all be predicated on what he shows up in merchandise-wise for the second round. Does he have his button-up shirt on with his hair slicked back looking good? Or does he show up in one of those Kentucky pullovers that he pulled out of his closet of 800 and just like, whatever, boys, let's go play. That, that, there's going to be a lot in that. If he shows up with a polo button-up on, watch out, SEC. You're in for a rough one. But, you know, I don't know. In all seriousness, I mean, I think Arkansas is playing well. Alabama is really good. Um, and Alabama is probably the team that should win this conference tournament. But um, you never know. You never know what's going to happen in the South. That is absolutely correct.
Correct. All right, let's talk about the Big 12. I think the Big 12 this year, for me, easily the second-best conference in, in America. And it's it's the old Big East for me this year. It's like I'm looking at teams that have eight, nine losses overall. I mean, heck, they've got seven, six, seven, eight in a COVID-reduced conference schedule, and they could they could go to the Final Four. Oklahoma's the seventh seed. Oklahoma had a stretch where they beat, like, four straight top ten teams, and they're playing the first day. I mean, and and just to clarify, a couple of these tournaments that have not solidified as we record, uh, we're looking at projections of if the favorites win in just the handful of remaining games. So that would be if Texas won and if Baylor beat Texas Tech, which probably will happen. But you're you're absolutely right. Oklahoma playing in the uh, what I would call the play-in game to then play red-hot Kansas. I mean, if you talk about Bill Self, for the first time in 35 years, did not win the Big 12. But... He is their team is really trending in the right direction. They're really getting it going. And of course, they caught Baylor on Baylor's right after Baylor's COVID pause. They got away with it against Iowa State. They did not get away with it in Fog Allen. So Kansas is trending in the right direction. If you made me pick somebody right now, I think I would probably pick Kansas, but I have no issue legitimately other than Iowa State and Kansas State and TCU. So eight, nine, and ten. I will take one through seven to win this tournament. Yeah, I mean, you just go off of coaches here. I mean, you got Bobby Huggins, you got Scott Drew, you got uh, Bill Self, Shaka Smart with hair, you got Chris Beard. I mean, I tell you what, I mean, just those is going to make some interesting matchups. I think watch out for for the hair, the hair with Shaka. Um, we've seen him without hair in March, but with hair, that's a completely different ball game. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I do think watch out for that Texas team. Um, and then West Virginia, just the style they play, the way they play, um, watch out for them as well. I, I mean, I, here's what I think. They, I watched the Kansas-Baylor um, game. I think that was last weekend um, or two weekends ago or something like that. And they said Scott Drew called a whole bunch of people around the country and asked them how long it took teams to come back. And he, his general consensus was three games. Um, Kansas was the second game back. They played one more, or they beat West Virginia at West Virginia, I believe, the third game. And then now they're starting to find their groove. Watch out for the Baylor Bears. They were the team that we were saying, them or Gonzaga, against the field um, before they had a whole bunch of COVID issues. I think Baylor is going to win this tournament just to say, look, we're we're still pretty good. All right? I think they're going to care. Um but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm with you. Kansas playing really well, except for against UTEP the other night, um, who almost got them. But, um, you know, I think the Baylor Bears are going to get it done in this tournament. I mean, I, I like I said, the first seven, I think I'm going to pick four or five of them to win first-round games in the tournament, So and then NCAA yep. tournament. I mean, that's just where I'm at. I think mathematically you have to take four or five out of seven to win, if not six. I think that's, that's just being realistic. I agree with you. If you can convince a team that's already a one seed that – they're no longer favored and they're no longer playing good basketball. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster for everybody else. Um, the one thing that I did want to talk about with Baylor, their defensive efficiency numbers are really down since they've gotten back from COVID. And so overall it's really tanked them and a stat that I'll throw out now and I'll use again here in the coming weeks since 2015 teams that are top 11 in adjusted offense and top 11 and adjusted defense are the only teams that have won a national title. So I'm only looking really, if I'm trying to zoom in and find a national title winner right now, which I'm not because I don't have a bracket in my hand. But if I were, I'm really only looking at four or five teams. Well, right now, you would probably say Baylor's in that group. 
Right now they have the third highest rated adjusted offense. They're 25th in defense right now, which had you looked at it a couple weeks ago is not even remotely where they were. But those three games since they got back, they have not been a good defensive defensive team. And so that's what I'm looking for this this week in the Big 12 tournament is Baylor back defensively. I will say we have to kind of – I that stat's really good. I've heard that stat before. I forgot about it. It's really good. Um, I think this is the one year you're going to have to throw those things out the windows about the window a little bit because teams aren't playing the same number of games. Like if you look at the, the standings here, Kansas has played 27 games and Baylor's played 21. So that's six more games. So who knows? Baylor plays TCU, Kansas State, and Iowa State, you know, four of those six games, and they're probably right back up there in the top 11. So it'll be interesting to see. I agree with you on that step, but I think we're going to have to – as much as sometimes the conference tournaments, you know, I've been stuck in the past watching too much of them and picking teams that have been really hot in the conference tournaments. Um, you know, New Mexico State a couple years ago did that to me. But I think we're going to have to watch them more for these big boys because – they're going to have four or five straight days of playing and have some, you know, some organization and stuff there that they haven't had this year due to COVID. And we're going to figure out more of who these teams are. And so I think that those, it's going to be more of what to look at here over the next two weeks. But I agree with you. If they have to get, I mean, they're 25th and they're, they're wanting to win the thing. They're going to have to be better defensively. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great, it's a great point. I think, it helps you in the argument if you're saying, here's why I think Gonzaga, Michigan, you know, Illinois are title contenders, which I would agree with you. Their resume says that. Their recent play says that. Mm-hmm. And it would help you out if you're trying to make an argument more for a Houston team who's top 10 in both of those and hasn't played anybody. So it, you can go either side of the coin there. You're right. We don't have equal sample sizes. I think that's why this this NCAA tournament is absolutely going to be crazy. Like I, I think nobody's going to have – even remotely close to a perfect bracket this year, in my opinion, just because there's, I mean, like you said, there's just going to be so many things happening. Some teams are going to have COVID issues that are not overly publicized. It's just going to be all over the place. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. All right, let's talk about the best conference in America. Yes, I just said that on the live recording for those of you who have been hounding me. The Big Ten, Justin, what do we think about the Big Ten? Um, The Big Ten's good. I mean, the Big Ten is really good. Um, you know, you got Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, our projected top four in that tournament. Ohio State's kind of skidded down the stretch here, so they don't get the double bye, um, which is going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's obvious here that the team that probably everybody would pick is Michigan because they're – I mean, they have their resume um, – they're good. They've beaten really good teams. But who in this conference hasn't beaten really good teams? I mean, Illinois just bludgeoned, like absolutely bludgeoned Michigan. Um, and then they beat Iowa, They beat Ohio State yesterday, um, coming back, ending the game on a 9-0 run to beat Ohio State um, with their best player back, who was out against Michigan, um, masked up. And, you know, not the COVID terms. He was masked up. Um and so I don't know. I think I think Illinois can win this thing. Garza, I mean, we, me and you, you and I both think that I was a little overrated, um, but that doesn't mean I don't think they could mess around and win this tournament. Um, just because I think they're a little overrated. Um, Michigan, obviously, if it's if Ohio State can get there and it's Michigan Ohio State in the semifinals, I would be more than happy with that because that game was amazing the first time. But the way Ohio State's playing. I mean, they produce playing well right now, too. And so um, if I had to pick, if I had to put 
some investments on this. I think I would have to go with Michigan or Illinois, um, but I'm probably going to go Michigan to win the thing just because. But that makes me nervous because I'm picking another number one seed, so I don't like that either. Um, give me Illinois. I think the Fighting Line are going to win it. Wow, a late a late change there. Um, I don't even know where to start. I was going to say Ohio State. Okay, they are who we thought they were defensively. Did we see yeah. it the first two months of the season? We did not in the in the loss column. We've seen it the last couple of weeks. They have fallen off a cliff yeah. against elite offensive teams. It's really that simple. Could not guard Illinois. Could not guard. Iowa could not. I mean, you just go down the list. Could not guard Michigan. Just go down the list. Michigan they could State. not. Couldn't guard Michigan, Michigan State. State. They could not. They cannot put a body in front of a body. They cannot, as Chris Mack says in every single press conference, we can't dr- We can't stop a straight dr- line drive, and we don't deserve to win the basketball game. That's just what it is. They're not. They can't guard man-to-man right now at one to five. They just can't. No. And right now, again, I'll go back to it. They're the 80th, 80th in defensive efficiency. They're not going to go. They're not making the second weekend of the NCAA tournament if this continues. They got to get it right here in the Big Ten tournament. I'm worried about them. I think they might lose, honestly, in their first game in the Big Ten tournament. I think they either lose it or they win the whole thing. And I don't think there's a whole lot of in between for them because they're so streaky when it comes to. I mean, they put together some nice win streaks this year. But again, defensively, I think that's what it comes down to. They have the dudes. And so they're a team that I think could make some noise in March for sure. But I mean, if you play elite teams like they had the last couple weeks down the stretch, you're going to be in a lot of trouble playing that kind of kind of defense. Um, I think Michigan just has all the tools. I think they're one of those teams, though. I think there's a couple teams this year that I'm kind of like, you don't want them to lose in the conference tournament because they're not going to lose again. Like, I think Baylor's one of those teams. If Baylor loses in the conference tournament, they may not lose again. I think Michigan's that way, too. I think if they lose in the semis, lose in the championship game, that might not cutting down those Big Ten nets may have been a big regret because that may be just setting them up for cutting down those nets in Indianapolis. So I I actually don't think Michigan's going to win the Big Ten tournament, but I do think Michigan will probably win the national title. I might walk that back, though. Here's what I'm going to say, and we have a friend that's going to jump all over me when I say this. We have not seen Jawan Howard coach a team in March. We have, like, obviously he's played games, but we haven't seen him coach a team in the tournaments in March. And coaching is amplified when you get to tournament time. All right? It just is. Look at who's won the tournaments, you know, the past 20 years. It's 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 the big-time coaches. Coaching is amplified. I'm not saying Juwan Howard is not a good coach. I'm not saying he's not going to get the job done. I'm not saying Michigan's not going to win these things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is – we I need to see him do it in March, and so if he does it, then he proves me wrong. If he, I'm, it's just a little bit of doubt that's in the back of my mind about this Michigan team. I know he's got Mark Martelli or whatever his name is on the bench, and that helps. It's just a little bit of doubt that's in my mind about this Michigan team. So just to reemphasize what you said, Tony Bennett, Jay Wright, Roy Williams, Jay Wright, Coach K, Kevin Ollie, Rick Pitino, John Cal. A Perry, Jim Calhoun, Coach K, Roy Williams, Bill Self. That's the last twenty. Or sorry, that's the last eleven year. Wow, math is not good on a weekend. Thirteen years of national titles. One of those, I did say that some people will protest is not a national title championship. But anyways, the the majority of those coaches are Hall of Fame coaches, if not already will be. Kevin Ollie, you could pull him out of the mix. But that's, I mean, that's just where we're at. And yes, okay, okay. yes, they have the top recruits most of the time. Yes, they win the most regular season games. A lot of those 
teams won their conferences. But like you said, you got to have the elite coach when it comes down to it. Jay Wright is Mr. March. Some of those other other coaches have been in you know decades past. So I'm with you. I think again, if you take the Illinois game out off of the resume, I was Team Michigan starting about two weeks ago. I really thought. They were trending in the correct direction. They're a team that is better defensively than they are offensively, but they're the fourth best defense and the sixth best sixth best best offense. So that's a good problem to have when you're that you're that efficient on both sides they're, of the basketball. They're good. I'm not saying they're not. They are really really good. I really enjoy watching them. But it's just a little bit of doubt. If there's any doubt of me penciling them in as a Final Four team, that's it. That's who, that's what it is. And you know. He's probably going to prove me wrong, but that's that's just my doubt. And and team. you know what? To wrap it up, Justin, on the Big Ten, I will double down on my Iowa bet that I made several months ago that they would not win the Big Ten. They did not win the outright Big Ten. They're not going to win the Big Ten tournament either, so I will double down on that. I will wear Iowa gear on the podcast and talk about Iowa exclusively and how good Luke Garza is. And speaking of Luke Garza, Justin, who do you think should win the National Player of the Year? So – we're talking a lot about Michigan on this podcast, and I don't know if I'm happy about it, but it's it's where we're at in college basketball. Um, I think that Garza is going to win it because the narrative has been there the whole year about him, um, about him winning the thing and about him being so dominant and so good and all this kind of stuff. It's been there, and there's enough of it there that he's going to win it. But I will say this, if you watch one of those top teams and look at a player who if you take him away, the team's not where they're at. It's Isaiah Livers, um, who, you know, his stats this year, 47% from the field, 45% from three, six rebounds a game, two assists a game, 13 round up to 14 points a game on a Michigan team where there's a lot of dudes that can score. Um, him averaging 14 points a game, and it's the little things that he does on the defensive end of the floor. You know, getting the team settled, doing all those all those things. Um, it, it's it's the argument is there for me that I think he should win it, but Luca Garza is going to win it because the narrative's been there. And like Luca Garza is shooting 45 percent from three, he's averaging eight rebounds a game, which is less than what he averaged last year. Um, you know. Almost two blocks a game, 24 points a game. It's just interesting. Gars is going to win it, but I think I think Livers has a argument there to win the thing. I think the issue that I have is I was watching a broadcast yesterday with an announcer I will not name um, who was commenting. Was it the Louisville it. game? It was, so you can read it between the lines <laughs> and the fact that that person still employed at um, the worldwide leader in sports is, a, is another question. Uh, but he he was talking openly about he and the other commentator who they voted for a national player of the year, which I, shocked me that they have votes. First of all, second of all, shocked me that they're not supposed to say it publicly, but they were they already voted. Why are we in a situation and maybe I'm wrong here on the deadline, but why are we in a situation where we're voting before the conference tournaments? Because to me, I want to see uh, Garza lead Iowa to win the title, or I want to see uh, a livers lead Michigan to win the title. Or I want to see Cade Cunningham come back from injury and lead Oklahoma State to the title. You know, those kind of things that I want to see. Um, so I want to see the full body work personally. If I was a vo- voter, obviously, I will never be in a place to be a voter. But I think Cade Cunningham is another name there that a lot of people are considering, um, the outstanding freshman who's going to be most likely the number one overall pick. Um, 
though I think personally, if you were holding on to your ballot and you saw Oklahoma State just beat West Virginia without him, that for me probably would have said, all right, I'll go with Garza then or Livers then or somebody else down the list. Um, Carly Jones, for me, obviously, as a little fan, has been unreal this year. Yesterday scored six points, went three of 15 from the field, and they got beat pretty handily. Tells you all you need to know there. But I think I think you're right. I think it's got to be Garza. I don't like Iowa, but I think it's got to be Garza. All right, Justin, let's finish up here. Conference Championship Week. Let's play a little game of who's in, who's out. I'm going to say a team. You tell me, do they get in the tournament or are they left on the outside looking in? Some would say this is a historically weak bubble. All right. The Xavier Musketeers, in or out? Out. Seton Hall. In. Ooh, I like that one. St. John's. In. Interesting because they might play each other, so that would be interesting. Michigan State oh, in or out? out then. Out. St. John's is out. I was going to scroll up to the bracket, but I didn't want to take too long. St. John's is out then. We're recording before the, the day-night doubleheader of Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State finishes here. Michigan State in or out? I think they're going to get in. A certain amount of name brands got to get in. That's just all I'm going to say. Rutgers in or out? Um. Who they who do we have them they're in, to play They're in right comfortably, now? personally. I think they're in. They're playing Michigan State. Uh, yeah, I think Rutgers in. They they have enough good wins to be in. I think. And Maryland, I'm also going to say is in before I even let you answer. Mm, fair, okay. And North Carolina, they're in. I think. What about the Q's? <laughs> Historically, always on the wrong side. They're of the on the. They're always on the bubble though. Like they live on it. Um. I who's their first round? They have they have the Wolf Pack. Um I think the the I think they beat the Wolf Pack at home earlier in January. I that think is the Wolfpack are gonna get them. I don't think no. Syracuse, Buddy Bayheim. I can't I don't want to watch it. No, they're not getting in. And we will end here. The Louisville Cardinals, are they in or out? Uh, I, I hate to say it to you, buddy. I think I don't think they're gonna get in. I think if Duke wins, they're not going to beat Duke again. They are not historically good in the ACC tournament. They are historically not good so far with Chris Mack in the postseason, though we have a very small sample size. Louisville Cardinals get left out. I'll say it myself. And they better decline an invitation to the the NIT. All right. (laughs) Conference Championship Week is underway. Let's get it rocking. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us on Instagram. Let us know who we did not talk about, who we talked too much about. Michigan, Iowa. Michigan. But let us know what your thoughts are. It's the most beautiful time of the year. Spring is here, hopefully, to stay. Warmer weather. Basketball every day. Let's get after it. We'll see you next time. Back on the Bricks.